0: On first down, they hand off to Marlon Mack, huge hole, 50-yard line. He's at the 40, still going near sideline. He's at the 10, he's at the 5, and he will score! Touchdown,
1: Marlon Mack! Touchdown, I-N-D-Y!
0: And again, it's picked off, it's Darius Leonard! With the second INT and he's streaking down the near sideline he's at the 40 he's at the 30 he's at the 20 he's gonna go a pick six for the maniac horseshoe is back baby the horseshoe is back hey what's going on Colts Nation welcome back to another episode of the bring the juice podcast I'm your host Cody Felger alongside your other host Mr. Derek Larger officially 13 days until the Colts kick off down in Jacksonville Uh, A few updates today from their Monday practice. Um, A few different guys have returned to practice that have missed some time. Uh, Cornerback Kenny Moore is the most notable one. He strained his groin a couple weeks ago. He returned to practice for the first time. So that's obviously good news for the cornerback group. I mean, Derek, this is a group that really has – it seems like they've they've dealt with some injuries. Um, And it it is already thin enough with Marvell Tell opting out. How important do you think it is for Kenny Moore to to get on the practice field 13 days ahead of the season?
1: Yeah, I mean, Kenny Moore being back now is really good. Gets him a chance to get acquainted again with everyone around him. But, you know, ironically, for even without Kenny Moore, I mean, this has relatively been one of the more healthier groups of this team so far. I mean, overall, I can kind of say that about everyone. We'll kind of say, we'll kind of talk about that a little bit more, but um, Regardless of that, I mean, yeah, the cornerback group, certainly good to have Kenny Moore back. Obviously, mainly the corners have remained healthy for the most part, but Mm -hmm. it is always good to get your uh, number one nickel cornerback. So glad to have Kenny Moore back and doing what he needs to do now.
0: Um, So, Derek, you mentioned the corner group's been pretty relatively healthy up to this point. Let's talk about a group that really has not been up to this point, the tight end room. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the biggest and most notable injury, Trey Burton, Uh, he could go, he could be injured and be out for anywhere from two to six weeks. We just never really know with these injuries with that strained calf, but, uh, good news for the tight end group, Jack Doyle returned to practice. He'd missed some time. He was held out of the Colts kind of scrimmage thing on Saturday, more of a precautionary thing. Yeah. So certainly great that Doyle's back in there for this tight end room. I mean, really you think about it. I mean, this tight end room right now, um, to start the season will probably be Doyle, and Mo Alley-Cox, and then maybe an undrafted free agent or maybe Andrew Voller, a guy the Colts brought in. But how significant do you think it is to get Jack Doyle, your bonafide number one tight end, back on the field now?
1: Yeah, hopefully he stays that way because, like you said, this tight end group has had the absolute worst luck of the of the whole training camp. I mean, mm-hmm. this this group has seen much more flexibility in, it in the last few weeks than the rest of the groups have altogether, so – It is good to see Doyle back. Hopefully, Burton's injury is not more than six weeks. Um, I think they're probably estimating it's probably going to be around a month until Mm -hmm. he gets back, which is fine because, you know, you'll miss miss two, maybe three weeks. But, I mean, at least then, you know, we at least get him back in a relatively decent spot. I think we could go three games without without Trey Burton. Uh, I don't think that's going to ultimately kill us if we don't have him. But, yeah, I mean – Vollert's probably going to have to step in there. Farah Green could potentially do it. Mm-hmm. It's one of those situations, yeah. And and some names have been thrown around that the Colts might try to go for. You know, David Njoku's had his name thrown out there, whether or not the Colts can pull a trade off for that. If the Colts could actually pull off a trade for that, I would be more than happy to bring in David Njoku. But yeah. my guess is, is that they don't want to have – that many tight ends that they feel as if I get that. Like David Njoku is probably the best tight end of all of them. If he would be immediately put in. So you're kind of in a, kind of in a weird situation if you actually were to bring him in. So I just don't know if they'll be able to pull that off. I think the Browns are still wanting too much for Njoku, but either way. Yeah. It's good to have Doyle back. Hopefully that neck, stays uh, okay the way it is. I'm glad that they held him out uh, in that scrimmage. No point in trying to rush him back too early. So it's good to see Doyle back on the field.
0: It certainly is. And staying on that offensive side, two receivers returned to practice today, Zach Pascal and then also uh, Marcus Johnson, who we have not seen this offseason. And I wanted to talk about, we already have talked about you know, the battle for the number two and the number five position. Let's talk about that number five position. Cause I think that's more of interest right now. So Johnson returning, we think potentially Reese fountain, uh, maybe even Desmond Patman is another name that we have thrown out there. Ashton Doolin. Some of these guys are kind of battling for the number five and potentially number six wide receiver group. If the Colts do kips, keep, keep six wide receivers. Um, give me your thoughts on Marcus Johnson, how huge it is for him to get back onto the field. Cause he's, he's in a competition right now with these couple guys.
1: Here's my, uh, here's my bigger question for it is what does what Marcus Johnson have to do in the next basically four days to basically tell everyone that I deserve a spot here? That's mm-hmm. the problem we're going to have here. He has four days to prove to everyone I am your best fifth option here. So I don't know. D- have the rookies done enough to say Marcus Thank you, but like, you know, it's time to let some of these younger guys come in and show what they got because, you know, Reese Fountain and obviously, you know, my love for DeReece Fountain and Desmond Patman, they're both playing really well in training camp and playing in a sort of big wide receiver type fashion. So what do you do with Marcus Johnson? I don't know. That's a really tough situation there. It's kind of one of those things of, it, it really is a weird situation. Cause honestly, like, I don't think the talent is any weird, any shifted in any direction when it comes to any of these guys. I just think ultimately I would rather have a couple of these younger guys come in here and do what they got to do. Cause I mean, come on. I know, I know Marcus Johnson's done really well and I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to hit on him for that. I just kind of want to see some of these younger guys come in here and do this. Cause I already know Dereese Fountain was already showing great potential. I mean, Desmond Patman's done really well. Has he done enough? I don't know. So it, it's a good question. I really don't know what's going to happen there.
0: Yeah. It'll certainly be something that we're going to watch as training as you know, training camp continue training camps kind of done as they continue to practice. Now, yes. as Frank Reich said, you know, we're kind of out of training camp mode. We're into the in season mode. Now. Yep. Um Another injury, George Odom was in a red non-contact jer- uh, injury. So that'll be worth monitoring as well. Um, So I posted a video earlier today on Julian Blackman, the Colts activating him off a PUP. Frank Reich had some, some really impressive things to say about Julian Blackman. He said he was impressed how quickly he recovered. Remember Julian Blackman uh, suffered an ACL injury when he was at Utah and uh, he's now active. He can practice. That's going to be big for him and his development. Um, so what do, you, what do you think of the, of really just Julian Blacksman's recovery up to this point? It seems like he's way, way ahead of schedule.
1: Yeah, he's way, way ahead of schedule right now. I mean, there were a lot of people that were saying late October, early November, and here we are at the end of August, and already they are saying he could go out there and play right now. Obviously, but. that's not going to happen, but I mean – it's, it's still nonetheless really good to see. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, it goes to show you Frank Reich said it, how amazing it is that, you know, he stuck to his rehab. He did really well with his rehab and, you know, rehabs don't always hit everyone the same way. You know, sometimes some ACLs they some people come back from ACL injuries really quickly. And I'll be honest. I mean, people who come back from ACL injuries really early A lot of times turn out to be really good players just because sometimes their bodies are built differently. Mm. I'm hoping that's a sign for Julian Blackman, but nonetheless, regardless of any playtime or anything, it's still really good to see him progressing the way he has. Really good to see him out on the field today, at least working out, getting a feeling of being out there. So it's great for his confidence. It's good for him also in the next two weeks to be able to get out on the field and say, okay. Going into the season, I've had a little bit of time to kind of work with guys. I haven't done 100% of everything, but it's still good to kind of get that on the field kind of, kind of vibe going. So does yeah. a lot for a player's confidence, and uh, I think his confidence is going to be really good going into the season. So that's a good thing to know.
0: For sure. And we've mentioned it countless times on this podcast. You don't have to force him yeah. right back into action. You got four serviceable safeties <laughs> right ahead of him that he can kind of ease back into that. If it is indeed what the Colts had thought, you know, maybe October when he's actually playing significant snaps, that could potentially be something. Um, another injury that that was addressed today, Sheldon Day. Now Frank Reich said that he injured his knee during the early drill um, in camp when they started ramping it up a little bit. And he said it was kind of a freak type of thing. Uh, but he says Day is making progress. He still doesn't really give an update on what that means. But Sheldon Day, obviously, we thought he was going to be a good rotational piece in that defensive interior. Now he could potentially – there. I think I feel like there's potential worry that he could miss a decent part of the season starting off. What are your thoughts on Sheldon Day's injury and – and kind of his recovery process and and what you think uh, the Colts should do if indeed he does miss some game time.
1: I don't know. It's kind of one of those injuries that's been kind of shoved to the side. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of people have really talked about it because I mean, for a while I didn't even realize Sheldon day was hurt. I mean, for a while I didn't think it it was anything of it. And then kind of just got thrown out there. Oh yeah. Sheldon day's got a lingering knee injury. I mean, what, I mean, what does that actually mean? Like uh, he's making progress. Well, I mean, Frank, what does that exactly mean? I don't know, but he's been, I, does it mean or does it seem like he's been a little iffy to say anything about recovery times when it comes yeah. to him outside of Blackman, he's never given any updates on anyone's like recovery time they'll say, oh, yeah, he's making progress, or no, he's not, but he's never given us any timelines on anything.
0: I mean, sometimes he does, but he doesn't, like, say, yeah, you know, he's going to be back tomorrow or something like that. Normally, he's, like, he's going to be back, like, with Julian Blackman. He said, we're going to plan to activate him within a couple weeks. So he doesn't say specific times, but sometimes he says, like, yeah. But, like, with with this one, he hasn't said any timetable at all. So for me, that could potentially – when I hear that from coaches – he Maybe he could miss significant time this year. Like, I don't know. But, like, that's just the vibes that it gives me, like, when I hear something like that and no updates further. Like, that's not good. <laughs> it doesn't sound yeah, great. It's not good so, at all.
1: Not good at all to hear. Um no. I'm sure that what what we'll see is check on Saturday when the roster cuts happen. Yeah. Where do we see – who do we sneak in at that defensive tackle position? If you see someone sneak in, like say a Robert Windsor, say you sneak someone like him in, that could potentially mean Sheldon Day's injury is probably going to last a little longer than mm-hmm. what we come to expect. But nonetheless, I mean, I hope Sheldon Day's recovering at some point soon. It'd be nice to have him out there at some point. But I mean, at this point, we can only sit back and just wait and see.
0: Yeah. And let's stick with the defensive line for a second. Al Khadim Muhammad was talking with the media today. Um, and, you know, the, somebody commented, it looks like he's getting better as a pass rusher and kind of asked him, you know, Sheldon or Al is is there anything that you were doing this offseason? Anybody specifically you were working with uh, to help you improve your game? And he pointed out he was working with Warren Sapp. Now, that's significant. Like Warren Sapp, one of the best defensive tackles. Um, of all time. I mean, he was working with Warren Sapp this offseason. What are your initial thoughts on that? Because I heard that, and I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Like, we heard Kamoko Torre working out with Robert Mathis and stuff, but, like, Warren Sapp is, like, one of the most disruptive defensive linemen of all time.
1: Yeah, that was, that really caught me by surprise. I'm like, Warren Sapp is teaching Alconee Muhammad how to be a pass rusher? I mean, that's really good, (laughs) but, I think that's a common trend that a lot of these defensive linemen have done for the Colts. They really have surrounded themselves around veterans and guys who have been in the league and have done some great things. And it's really paying dividends. I think it is just ultimately if these guys can continue to stay healthy. And I mean, we obviously mentioned it. And another guy that obviously Muhammad has really credited for him getting better is Justin Houston as well. I mean, yeah. Uh, that that's to be expected, right? Justin Houston, not a severely vocal guy, but he is a veteran and he knows what he can provide for younger pass rushers as well. It's good that Houston is taking that taking that teacher role and it is helping guys like Muhammad to get better. Because I mean, Tyquan Lewis off to a great start so far. And it sounds like Muhammad's having the same thing. It's really good to see some of these backup defensive linemen here being the guys who are having the best camps so far. It's really nice Mm -hmm. to hear.
0: Yeah. And Muhammad also credited similar to Taequann Lewis, the new defensive line coach, Brian Baker. We've talked about it. Brian Baker seems like he's having a major impact on these young Colts defensive linemen what are your thoughts on Brian Baker and what he's been doing, the work he's been putting in with these guys, man, that they seem like they're completely different players at this point and for the better.
1: Yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't know if it really is anything coaching wise that's really different. I think it's just a understanding the players mentality sort of thing. I mm-hmm. think it's another great thing about coaching is you're not just being a coach. You're being a role model. You're being that guy that when things are, when the chips are down, your players need to come to you to be able to ask you for advice with anything. And they need to have, they need to have a better connection with you than even the head coach seriously, because they're the Mm -hmm. guys that you, you are in contact with more than anyone else. You have to build that connection. And it sounds like, the majority of the defensive line group really does have that connection with coach Baker. So it's really great to see. Uh, Obviously it's been working with Taequann Lewis, Uh, how much it's, how much he's done with Muhammad, you know, a little bit, I hear, you know, I haven't heard a whole lot of other guys yet, but again, it's, it sounds like it's been a great hire so far and Mm -hmm. only time will tell if that if that newfound relationship between coach and the players translate to production on the field.
0: For sure, for sure. It certainly is a positive step in the right direction, and the reason why the Colts decided uh, to to switch up defensive line coaches certainly seems like it's a great hire so far. Um, The last thing I want us to, to discuss and kind of react to, Frank Reich's comments on the team overall. I'll read it here. Frank Reich says, I think this is the strongest our roster has been in training camp. Now, keep in mind, Frank Reich was hired um, in 2018, so he's had a couple of years to see the roster. He feels like overall, 1-53, to 53, this team is the strongest it's ever been. What is your reaction to that?
1: Well, I would definitely agree with him. I think that this roster, from when Frank Reich got here, is the best that it's looked from top to bottom, from the quarterback position all the way to the special teams. I think it really is, and also – In training camp this year, they've been the most healthy I've seen. I mean, it really – I mean, you've had a few injuries go your way that really weren't that great, but you've had a bunch of guys that have just not had any freakish injuries outside of Trey Burton. So, you know, he's been able to see a lot more of these guys, be able to develop, and not seeing them in the trainer's room having to deal with injuries. So, Mm -hmm. it's really good to see that – You know, and because Chris Ballard – did such a great job of adding so much depth in free agency this year. I mean, we we sometimes forget just how amazing it was with free agent depth. I mean, adding to the defensive line the way he did, adding a tight end, adding multiple secondary guys. I mean, it, it actually is astonishing the depth that he got and the quality of the depth, too, that he got. So, mm-hmm. again, Frank Reich, I think, has a uh, – has a good understanding of where this roster is. And I think he's going to. And also, I think that with the way COVID kind of forced people's hands, you had to learn about guys another way. You couldn't, you didn't, there wasn't that little like month and a half of not being able to talk to one another. You were talking to your teammates every day and you weren't working out, but you were actually like, talking with people and you were getting to learn players' tendencies and how things work. I think he's got a better understanding of his players and his connections with them now. So I think that's going to be really good going into the season. I mean, I'm excited, man. I can't wait for freaking Jacksonville, dude. We're going to absolutely crush these guys, seriously.
0: In the last couple of days, I've not been kind to Jacksonville. I mean, not kind of of Yannick Gakway, and then releasing Leonard Fournette today. I mean- I posted a tweet earlier today, like how many sacks are the Colts going to get on Jacksonville? And for the people majority of people
1: are saying anywhere from like four to six. <laughs> if
0: that's, yeah, some, if that's somebody, how many uh,
1: sacks, if that's how many sacks we're actually going to get on Jacksonville, they're losing. They're yes. losing. There's because I mean, here, we, we look at the, just look at it. Now, the offensive line for Jacksonville has not been amazing. They've been, mm-hmm average to slightly above average at times I don't even care how good Gardner Minshew is you got freaking Tom Brady back there I don't care I don't care how good Tom Brady is the the extra depth and the players that we added to this defensive line DeForest Buckner now Justin Houston being 100% and all this stuff going on and he have no run game now. I mean, I don't know who's their starting running back now. Who is I it? don't
0: even know. Yeah, I don't I, even know. I have no idea.
1: And they, and they lost their best pass rusher. They lost their best defensive tackle over the offseason. They mm-hmm. lost their middle linebacker, who, by the way, is a top 10 middle linebacker in the NFL, mind you. So, I mean, I just don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it, man. If we don't win that game, you will not see a happy me. You will <laughs> no. see a very, very unhappy me. Okay. So yeah. Colts, let's just say you better win.
0: <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. I know. I know somebody had said, I think we should re- uh, return the favor for them getting six t- uh, 10 sacks on Jacoby Brissett A few years ago, we should pay them back and get 10 sacks on them. So I mean, it very much could happen. I mean, it I'm could. not going to throw, I'm it, not going to say it's, it's impossible. About, it's
1: about DeForest Buckner. Like mm-hmm. how much does he disrupt the, the pass rush in the middle? That's what it's yeah. going to be. I, I know that our guys on the edge can get uh, pressure, but how do, how do we collapse the pocket on Minshew mm-hmm. and Jaguars fans will tell you, some will tell you, Oh, Minshew is actually a really good quarterback. So what? He's a second-year guy. who was a seventh-round draft pick for a reason, and he was a second-year guy. I'm not going to see – I don't think we're going to see Gardner Minshew throwing from 17 touchdowns to seeing a 40-touchdown quarterback, especially when no. you also don't have a lot of great wide receiver options your way
0: either. No, you got a bunch yeah, of young,
1: yeah. inexperienced guys.
0: For sure. For sure. Well, that'll do it for the update on Monday guys. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate it as always. And for Derek and myself, thank you so much. And as always go Colts.